Whisper Podcast. Oh, sorry. Whisper Podcast may contain content that may be sensitive for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. That's better. podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Tyler. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm Dylan Gomez. My pronouns are also they, them. And this is a podcast where the fine arts, true crime, and mental health are thruple. We bring you episode 11. And today we're going to be talking about an artist who has confronted race relations head-on, led protests to diversify museums decades ago, and even went to jail for an exhibition she organized. Wow. Uh, okay, who is this person? We are going to be talking about the lovely Faith Ringgold. Oh my god! Okay, I think I haven't heard of her until today. Alright, awesome. Well, you're going to hear all about her today. And she is actually still out here making wonderful art, so I'm excited to get into this. But first, I want to know, Zach, how are you doing today? Honestly, I'm doing pretty good. So I'm not too sure if you guys remember from the last episode, I was talking about like how my plants were like dying. Well, I just looked over at one of them and I noticed that they're a little bit more springier than usual. So I must be doing yes. something right. Obviously. Yeah, see, it was just a little toasty. It was just a little during toasty, our last just a episode. Bit warm. They don't make SPF for plants yet, unfortunately. Yeah. But you know what? We're doing what we can <laughs> to help them thrive. And not, they're doing, they're doing great. They're doing great. You're doing great, Zach. Um, my plant, Zach, not me, Zach, but also me, Zach. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Also, I'm looking forward to some banana muffins that Zach, Zach's mom made us. So it's an overall pretty good day. Yeah, those banana muffins are going to mm. be our reward, reward. for <laughs> for getting through an episode right now. Yes. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Don't. What? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fabulous. Thank you for, <laughs> for asking. I also am ready to try those banana muffins. So. Tell me. Let's let's talk a little bit about who Faith Ringgold is. So she is an artist, right, who began a series of painting called American uh, People. That's, that's like the first paintings that I became like familiar with of hers. I remember like I went to New York City and I went to um, the Museum of Modern Art and I remember there being like an exhibition that just floored me. Ooh, and okay. Yeah, and it was it was last year. So it was kind of before all of this um all of the protests and everything really caught like it was before George Floyd. Mm-hmm. So I think I hadn't really thought that much about police brutality because it wasn't something that affected me directly, you know? And I remember the impact, the pain, like, in my chest when I saw some of her works in, like, vivid color and in the sheer magnitude of how big the, these works were. And the storytelling is just something else and this is back when you saw it like in life person back yes in New York. yes so oh my gosh so when i was there and i was like looking at her piece it was it was actually it was the american people series uh number 20 and the piece is called die Ooh. 
And that's the one I was like looking over at. And it just like had me completely for it. And I knew that I would eventually have to talk about this piece. Yeah, so that was uh, the first the, the first kind of series of paintings that I think like got her pretty well known, which portrays a civil rights movement from a female perspective. So I think that's what kind of makes her work a little more unique because it it's all done from the perspective of a female. And in that time, we're going to jump a little bit deeper into it, but there wasn't a lot of um, artists representation, especially black women. Um, like most of the artists were men. So she actually led the movement um, for making uh, it more diverse, the the art that's being shared at these big museums, right? Wait, so, so Faith is a black woman? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Yes, so Faith is a black woman, uh, uh, and she's also extremely gifted, and she, she has a lot of different art styles. Faith Ringgold began a series of paintings called American People, which portrayed the civil rights movement from a female perspective. In the 1970s, she created African-style mass paintings, political posters, and actively sought out racial integration of the New York City art world. During the 80s, she began a series of quilts that are among her best-known works, and she later embarked on a successful career as a children's book author and illustrator. Oh my gosh, that's great. What were like her books about? Like So, I'm going to I'm going to Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm like jumping dig, ahead. Yeah, we're going to dig deep in there, but I I want to talk a little bit about her life first. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm so, so Faith excited. Ringgold was born on October 8th, 1930 in Harlem, New York. She was the youngest of three children born to Andrew and Willie Jones, who raised their children during the Harlem Renaissance. I'm so sorry, but I don't think I know what the Harlem Renaissance is. Well, so the, the, actually the Harlem Renaissance is an uh, intellectual, social, and artistic explosion centered around Harlem, Manhattan, uh, in New York City, <gasps> spanning the 1920s. Oh, I love that! And, I, you know, I love that, uh, that they felt to keep their children, like, involved in the art scene. Like, I think that's amazing. Yeah, so so they actually lived, like, right in the center. Oh, my God. So a lot of, like, their friends and a lot of people that she was exposed to were artists uh, and different, like, creative people. So I, I think she just kind of was, like, in it, you know? And, yeah, and I think the Harlem Renaissance, the reason why it's, like, so big, it's because of the, the black culture that it sprung. So it was really, it was a... It was like an African-American movement. Oh, I love that. And this was back in the 1930s, you said? 1920s. Oh my God, yes. that's amazing. And so that like pretty much exposed her and her siblings to like a lot of cultural offerings, right? But she did, she suffered from asthma as a young girl. Uh, Ringgold spent a great deal of time in her house with her mom, a fashion designer who taught her how to sew and work creatively with fabrics. Oh. So that's going to influence her work heavily. Yes. You'll see it a little bit. So is her mom like a well-known fashion designer or she just kind of like does it as like a career or like she does it She, like I think she was definitely, it was like her career um, to be a fashion designer. Uh, so I just know that she's so greatly influenced by her mother that actually one of her medium actually becomes um, like sewing and quilting. And we're going to talk about that. 
okay, I'm excited. You know I love me a good so. Yes, yes. <laughs> Throughout her grammar and high school years, Ringgold also developed an interest in art, and by the time she graduated, became intent on turning her interest into a career. Yes. Enrolling at the City College in New York City in the 1950s, she wound up studying art education when liberal arts development denied her application. I actually watched one of her interviews where she kind of speaks about there not being a lot of women um, in that field, which is why she thinks she was denied the application. Oh, so you would say that like she kind of, she experienced discrimination for like being oh, a woman. Oh, definitely, and being black for oh, sure, for god. sure. This is a this the, is nineteen fifty. Yeah, the nineteen fifties. Oh god. Yeah, so it makes it, me so sad to hear. Yeah, but they the thing her her grandfather was actually also um, a, a professor, mm. so she already kind of had edu- educated people in her family yeah. to look up to so she she knew she she could become a teacher yeah. and a professor so that's what she ended up she st- st- ended up studying art education oh that's great okay that same year she married musician robert willis in ni- in 1952 they had two daughters born the same year one born in january and the other born in december i don't know how people do that i literally don't under- <laughs> don't even understand i'm like girl when do you get a break like hello (laughs) so faith and robert actually ended up divorcing a a few years later when he developed a heroin uh, addiction that eventually led to his death she taught art in a public school system and also enrolled in a grad studies program at city college ringgold began developing her own art which at this time was fairly unconventional. She was a woman, she was black. Um, and Ringgold received her MA in arts in 1959. Uh, after touring Europe and visiting many of the finest museums, she became very inspired. And that's when she started kind of like moving around and really trying to like create her own kind of. Yes. Okay. I love that. And it's like kind of exploring more of like the art world. She had been teaching and everything, but now I think this is when art became kind of a more heavy part of her life and her experience. Yes. And I mean, all while being like a widowed mother, like that is um, amazing. Women just continue to (laughs) amaze me. Right. (laughs) Love women. She ended up remarrying Burdett. Ringgold on May 19, 1962, and also embarked on creating a series of paintings called American People that today is ranked among her most important work. Centering themes from civil rights movements, paintings such as Neighbors, Die, and The Flag is Bleeding, all captured racial tensions of the era. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and this was back in like '62 too. Oh yeah, the. the I know that you tensions said that. were high. Yeah, I know because I recall you saying that, but then I'm just like, oh wait, like this is like a time where like tensions were high and yes, intense. Yes. And remember, she's in New York City. Yeah. Oh God. She's in Harlem. That's where she. Yeah, she grew up there. So, Ringo's first solo gallery show is in 1967 featured the series American People. 
So, early into the 1970s, Ringgold's art took a new direction. Ringgold began incorporating paintings with acrylic on canvas, some fiber boards, and creating cloth dolls with soft surfaces. Oh, cute! I love that! Yeah, she's really starting to play around with the mediums. And she depicts, she depicts like, um, baseball legend Will Chamberlain. And she, she just, she's now starting to kind of play around more. Um, after leaving her teaching job in 1973, Ringgold was free to focus on her art more. She first branched out with a collection of portrait sculptures called the Harlem Series, and then she created African-influenced masks that were later used in live performances. <gasps> oh my gosh, that's amazing! Do you know, like, some of the, um, some of the map where like the performance pieces like were used like were they like any significant or important shows not significant or important but they were they were like they were live like um live shows oh and they wore the mask while they were performing oh cute oh i love that right isn't that so fun during the this period she also made posters in support of the black panthers and activists like Angela Davis. I don't know why I had a hunch that she would like make an appearance somehow somewhere. Like <laughs> you were like, you were like, she's here. Angela Davis, I feel your energy. Yeah, I felt the energy. Like you guys were definitely friends, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, I kind of want to talk about some of the medium that she kind of starts using around this time. So she goes deep diving into uh, quilt making which is something that she was inspired because of her mother like her mother taught her how to sew and how to make quilts um and also uh many believe that quilts actually actually originated from africa and it's known as like fact that slaves used to make them um from like scraps of um just like material uh to keep them warm out of necessity yet a lot of their um quilts were actually really beautiful and very minimalistic and yet just really they made nice quilts right yeah. to where to where a lot of like the the white people would like buy the quilts off of them oh really yeah so they would sell their quilts like they wouldn't make a lot of money but it still was yeah, something you provided know? them with something i think that that's amazing I, you may not know this because I, I just seeing like prints on quilts. I how do they get there? <laughs> what? Like how does an image get on a quilt? Like I like do they put that on there themselves or like do they gather? Is well, like, a lot? like I know that she like paints on her quilts. Oh, <laughs> so so she like gets her little sections and paints on them but also like the fabric that she chooses is gonna be like different colored fabrics and yeah it's a process i don't know how i don't yeah. know how to make quilts but uh, yeah it's definitely a skill and it, it's not like i like expected you to have the answer but i'm like um <laughs> i've seen some of this woman's quilts they're like beyond belief i how did she do that yeah it, incredible Mercury Retrograde got you down? Do you need to laugh with or at someone? Do you like your social issues discussed with a side of Cardi B and Forensic Files references? Well, thanks, I hate it. It's here for you. And let me tell you more. Hi, I'm Brittany. And I'm Windsor. 
and we're the hosts of a weekly podcast that discusses social issues, throws shade at unsuspecting targets, and drinks from the bottom shelf. If you need a good laugh, subscribe to Thanks, I Hate It, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks, I Hate It is brought to you by the minds of 230-somethings who make way too many pop culture references, even in the most obscure ways that they have no business being in. Thanks, I Hate It will not cure your 2020 blues, but will give you a heavy dose of laughter to help lessen the pain. Before the abolition of slavery, members of the Underground Railroad used quilts to mark escape routes and houses of refuge for runaway slaves during and after the Civil War. Most quilts were made for everyday use uh, using fabrics. Scraps of fabrics. Right? So, after attempting unsuccessfully to have her autobiography published, at the turn of the decade, Ringgold discovered a new way to tell her story. And I just, like, I love what comes next, by the way. So, it, it actually, one of her, in my opinion, one of her biggest successes came from this failure. From her not being able to publish her book. Oh. So, so uh, once more, she drew inspiration from Tibetan art. And in honor of her mother's early influence, Ringo began a series of quilts that were perhaps her best-known work. Once more, drawing inspiration from Tibetan art, and in honor of her mother's early influence, Ringo began a series of quilts that are perhaps her best-known works. Honestly, the fact that like she can take something that like she just like witnessed as a child and like put that into her artwork but not only like be inspired by tibetan art like that is like so fucking beautiful to me like wow i it's just amazing so she actually uh, she assembled her first quilt which is called echoes of harlem in 1980 a year before her mother passed away uh so her mother did get to see it and she actually worked on it a little bit with her i've seen pictures Oh, that is so right, cute. Right. It just breaks Little my mother-daughter project. Oh. And went on to make numerous others, eventually incorporating text as well. Among her narrative quilts are Who's Afraid of Aunt Jamal? Jamala? Which is, you, you know who she is? Um, okay. I don't know who Aunt Jemima is. So she's like the, um, the face of the syrup okay okay that's what i thought but i was just like wait i thought like she was like she was deemed to be like a fictional character right she's based on a real person is she really yeah so so this work she made in 1983 she also made a tribute to uh, michael jackson um who's bad in 1988 and her most famous uh, offering is Tar Tar Beach Part One of the Woman on the Bridge series in 1988, which is now part of the Guggenheim Museum's permanent collection. Wow! Cool, huh? Okay. Wait. So, like, did she her um, quilt to the tribute for Michael Jackson? Like, where is that currently? Do you happen to know? I don't, but that would be a very excellent question for Google. But I do know that, um, so pretty much her quilts be, 
scan or were actually a storytelling device for her. She actually incorporated text into these quilts. And if you really, if, if you take a look at some of her quilts, like they have storyboards almost and different like text in them. Um, so Ringgold had became a professor of art at the University of California in San Diego, where she taught until 2002. Displaying yet more talent, beginning in the 1990s, Ringgold embarked on a literary career, publishing a children's book, Tar Beach. So that was actually the name of one of her works, Tar Beach, um, the one that's displayed in the Guggenheim Museum. Oh my gosh. She actually was asked to convert that piece into a children's book. And this was kind of because of, like, the storyboard was on the yeah. quilt, right? Yeah, because it was such a good story on this quilt that they were like, this could be a children's book. It just has to be shared. Yeah, so they pretty much were like, do you think, we'll, we'll give you 32 pages, do you think you can make this into a children's book? And she's and like, she, um, hello. Yeah, so she pretty much, like, illustrates a couple of pages for this book and then all the text that was just on this this quilt she transfers it and it's a beautiful children's book there you go oh my gosh i love that so she she yeah she adapted it um from her quilt from the same name in 1990s in 1991 in 1995 she published her memoir we flew over the bridge she has now written and illustrated more than 15 children, 15 other children's books. In 1995, she published her memoir, We Fly Over the Bridge. She has now written and illustrated more than 15 other children's books. In recognition of her contributions as an artist and activist, Ringgold has received countless awards, including a National Endowment for the Arts Award, and the Guggenheim Fellowship for Painting, and an NAACP Image Award. Her works continue to be exhibited in major museums around the world. Wait, so her the 15 books that she's made for children, were those like all based off of her quilt? Or like did she just come up continue to come up with more stories for these children books? So I think she's she's always been she kind of talks about how she's always been a storyteller. I you know, that. and and the quilts, yeah, they inspire her work, and and she's inspired by like creating, right? Um, and I I think they're they're definitely worth um, checking out for sure. They're they're really cute. So something that I admire from her work is that she can hit such serious topics, but also do it in a way so children can understand. Um, just their history. Yeah. You know, like this piece right here um, that we're looking at is We Come to America. She made this quilt in 1997, and it's a story quilt, uh, which is something that she invented, a story quilt, showing black people drowning in the New York City um, waters. And you see Lady Liberty right here, and she's a black woman holding a child, and in the water is all of these um, slaves that are drowning. And these are all the slaves 
just paying tribute to all the slaves that died on their way to America. Wow. The U.S. And from what it looks like here, it looks like you can see almost like this smoke coming from uh, Lady Liberty's torch. And it almost looks like that's possibly what crashed the boat and made these slaves drown. What? It almost looks as if that has like a deeper meaning it definitely to it. could. I mean, I've heard interpretations that like there's there's like an African um, deity and I <laughs> I don't have all the information right now because I'm just pulling this out of memory, but um, I know that they say that she actually was saving she's the african deity of the ocean and she actually was saving her children by taking them into the sea with her oh oh my gosh so that's just that's an interpretation yeah that's an interpretation it could also be that um but yeah it's definitely a more serious a quilt yeah for sure um but yeah it's beautiful nonetheless and I'm going to be honest, like, when I first saw this picture, I was like, oh, this is, like, a painting on canvas. And then, like, after you talking about it a little bit more, I'm like, oh, my God, wait, this is a quilt. Yeah. This is beautiful. And this is the one that's hung in the, um, what was the name of the museum? The This one, this one is, uh, in... In ACA Galleries in New York City. This one is... I, the other one, the one that I'm talking about, the, the, the one that I saw at the Museum of Modern Art was Faith Ringgold's People... American People Series 20, Die. Oh, okay. So, if you want to pull that one up. Yeah. So, in this, in this painting... There's several different figures, and it looks like there's a whole lot of murdering going on. I remember standing in front of this and just feeling this overwhelming, just, like, panic. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I just, really, I the more you try to kind of find, because the story behind it, I just can't see it from this. Just, to me, it's death, really. Um, it looks like some, some of the figures are black, some of the figures are white, um, there's even children in it, children bleeding, just people kind of trampling on top of each other. That's how it looks like to me. Yeah, so I think that now, um, after you explaining a little bit, the way that I could interpret this, you know, is it's like, while, like, these children, there's children that are cowering, like on the floor and they look scared and they look frightened and one child is white and one child is black and it looks like they're scared because their parents who are a mix of white and black people are acting out towards each other in rage and are killing each other and it almost seems like this was almost new to this generation of smaller children because then you see a woman who appears to be white holding her white child towards a black man. And the way that I can interpret that is kind of like how I've been seeing the Karens modernly, where it's like, you know, they're acting out towards Black Lives Matter protesters and they're doing it in front of their children, which is then influencing their children to want to be racist towards black people. 
So that's kind of how I'm interpreting this and how I'm seeing it. Um, but yeah, no, I, ugh, I feel the intensity coming from this piece. Wow. I re- actually really like that interpretation. Uh, I do. I see that as well, for sure. Um, all I know is that there is just a spread of violence and I think she really nails it. And, and you definitely feel that like, especially when you're in front of the piece, it's just, it's overwhelming. Yes, and, you know, referring back to, like, the people kind of looking, like, scary, the more that I look at it, they almost look like zombies. Like, they almost look like zombies, and, like, they're tired, and they're, like, blinded by something Mm -hmm. of some sort, almost. Wow. Yeah, I I could imagine that you stared at this for quite some time, because I can continue staring at it and just keep analyzing it. So the next piece I want to look at is Ringgold's Dancing on the Washington Bridge. So in an interview with uh, Ringgold, she kind of talks about how she thinks that the perfect representation for a woman is a bridge because she says women are what holds us together. You know, if it's not for women... If it's not for these bridges, we couldn't, like, meet each other halfway, right? And I think she ends up kind of going into... She makes a few pieces, like, with bridges. And I think that, that that's something that really fascinates her. And she just... Um, she sees that. that. That's, like, the perfect representation of a woman, a bridge. Yeah, and, you know, it kind of makes me think back to our... Um gay panic defense episode you know and like how we were talking about how fucking wonderful women are and how they don't just act in violence and how they're not as violent as men you know and it's just like that's just one little area of it but I feel like this just kind of adds value to that statement saying how great women are and how they allow us to meet in the middle and also see a different perspective as well again I I just love women (laughs) they're amazing Same. I love women as well. (laughs) They continue to amaze me. (laughs) She made Sunny's Quilt in 1986, dedicated to her friend Walter Theodore Rollins. Um, And they were around the same age, and they grew up together in Harlem's Sugar Hill District. And she talks about him fondly, but he says that in their early age like he still wasn't able to play the saxophone very well, and he would annoy the neighbors and drive everyone crazy. But eventually he got really good, yes. and he's, he's the one who kind of inspired her to take her art seriously. Yes. And she says, like, because he was so bad, and he, but he kept going at it, and then now he pretty much can play on top of this bridge, and nobody can tell him anything. Yes. And that is what this piece right here represents. And I just think that that goes to prove that practice makes perfect, you know? Just because yeah. you're not great at something at the beginning doesn't mean that you can't be amazing at it later on. Like, also, it's like like spreading kind of that love for what you do. And, yeah, and just like, oh, yes, I love that. If you're doing something right now that you're like, wow, I'm really bad at this, but just if keep you, at it. Yeah, but if you enjoy it, it's worth doing. It's yeah. definitely worth improving and worth giving it your all. Yes. So that's that's a lesson that um, Walter uh, gave her. 
and oh, I, I love that. And that's why it's one of my pe- one of my favorite pieces by her too. Just hearing that story, um, because you know we, it's a it's a very inspirational tale. And if she like really like, kept it as close to her, you know. Yes. So that just that brings me joy. Oh, that also brings me joy. What a cute little lesson. Yeah. So so uh, I actually have this other article. Um, the one previous to this one I got from biography.com. This one is from the New York City Times. And so Faith Ringgold has, um, Faith Ringgold has not been locked down, like, locked down because of the pandemic, but she is more driven and inspired than ever. Oh, yeah, so she she wants to keep it going after the death of uh, George Floyd in May uh, twenty. After the death of George Floyd on May twenty fifth, she found herself starting to emerge from a haze. So she was kind of having a little bit of an artist block for a little bit, but I think for a lot of people, especially after um, George Floyd's passing, it was just such a wake up call. Oh, for and, sure. And like, we need you right now. Like, definitely the African American community needs you. We all need you. We all need you. Yeah, so so she kind of, she, you know, is now inspired again. Hopefully she is staying safe right now because the pandemic is still um, a huge problem in the United States. But yeah, it is, um, you know, just awesome to know that she's still out here and that she still wants to create art and she's not feeling inspired. Yes, I'm so glad that she came out of her haze. So I do want to end it with a quote. She said, I am not done. She's got so much more to do. <gasps> yes. So, so I don't know what her last piece was, but hopefully she's been working on a ton of stuff and soon she comes out with a new book. Or new painting, a new quilt, ready for it. Yes, um, especially being like brought out of her like artist block and her haze. Like I'm glad course, that she's course. able to express creatively again. Just because it's like all of the artwork that she showed here is like beyond beautiful, and I love the story behind each and every one of them. Like her voice for woman empowerment, her her showing like the tragedies that she faced while living in Harlem in her art and like just looking at all the beautiful vivid and bright colors in these quilts like I just appreciate her so much as an artist and I just look forward to what she comes out with. So our spotlight uh, organization for this episode is actually going to be Faith Ringgold's actual uh, foundation. It's called Anybody Can Fly Foundation. The mission of Anybody Can Fly Foundation is to expand the arts establishment cocoon to include artists of African diaspora and to include the great masters of African American art and their art traditions to children and adult audiences. The foundation is is a charitable organization supported by peoples devoted to visual arts. So, yeah, so they have actually a link. The website that you can head over and donate and support the, this wonderful organization is actually anybodycanflyfoundation.org. I love that. 
Yes. So first of all, again, she's just such an amazing artist. And I'm just so happy to hear that she has a foundation that lifts and supports other artists. That's fucking amazing. Um, yeah, this was a great episode. I think that she did great covering on Faith Ringgold. And I just honestly look forward to more of her artwork that is to come. And she just sounds like she's an amazing fucking woman. So right <laughs> go faith and it's like especially like right now because i just didn't know who she is i just felt like she is something that we needed during this time exactly yeah and i hope she's staying safe in her quarantine um yeah so what can we look forward to zach so i this is our last episode for october can you believe it um so i know this is coming out before halloween um so i hope that you guys First of all, all have a happy Halloween. Um, be safe. Wear your masks um, because COVID is still very much a thing, everybody. Um, and you know, have fun and make Halloween make Halloween what it is to you. But again, be safe. So we're actually going to be doing our first ever head in the mouth food in the clouds. But Ooh. yeah, but that's gonna be on our Patreon. So it's just like if you want that exclusive content, you can find us on Patreon.com at whisper podcast but until then you guys can look forward to hear from us for our next irks and perks coming in november Woo! yeah i know i can't believe that it's been two months already i'm so excited for what's to come well considering that it's an irks and perks i'm excited and not excited but yeah a little nervous a little nervous Hopefully everything, you know, there's some perks this time. Yes. And, um, (laughs) hello, we also cannot forget that November 3rd, is it only in the state of California? But November 3rd is voting day. So please be sure to vote, guys. Like, it really, 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 really fucking matters. And we need change to happen. As you've heard, racism has only been a thing. Um, and not only just racism, but along with so many other fucking issues, that is wrong with our government has been an issue for a very long time. So please make sure to vote and make your vote count. Um, it is so important and yeah, we just, we really need yeah, your support. Voting, voting is what's going to make the difference, guys. Using your voice in the polls is how to make change. Yes, yes. And that's, that's all I can fucking say for now, but... Look forward to our Erks and Perks episode. Um, as you know, please be sure to share us with somebody that you love and care for and somebody who loves and cares for you. You know, just casually bring it up in a conversation where someone's like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. my goldfish just died. And be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for the loss of your goldfish, but, but have, have you, you heard, heard of Whisper Podcast? <laughs> um, <laughs> but also, uh, be sure to tell your flowers to keep them healthy, fresh, and alive. I promise you it keeps them alive for longer. Um, but anyways... <laughs> That's it from me. Is there Thank anything else? Thank you guys like so much for getting this far. If you did, we love you and we can't wait to, you know, talk to you guys soon. Yeah, and also, you know, um Dylan and I are looking to read up on some more stories and some more artists and some more true crime cases. So if you guys happen to have any suggestions, we would really love if you sent them to us. Uh, you can send them to our email at whisperwfpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for now. We are Whisper Podcast. Thanks for listening to Whisper Podcast. We're Zach and Dylan, and you can find us at Whisper Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at Whisper underscore podcast. Visit our website and blog at thewhisperpodcast.com. 
interested in chatting with us live, send us a DM at one of the social sites or reach out at whisperwfpodcast at gmail.com with potential interviewee stated in the subject line. Cover art by Dylan Gomez. Editing by Zach Tyler. Music by audionautics.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Love the show? Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. We are a completely independent show, and if you'd like to give your support for the show and get a shout-out on air with a special gift, you can find us at WhisperPodcast on Patreon.com. Zach and Dylan are not licensed professionals, nor do we claim to be. Podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. If you or a loved one are in need of immediate help, we recommend that you contact a licensed professional or a hotline pertaining to your needs, which can be found on our website under the Help Is Here tab.